Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. Lord, I pray that you would take the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and may they be acceptable in thy sight. For you are my strength and my redeemer and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for telling me to wear a suit. <laughs> I was raised Baptist. I like wearing suits. Now I'm similar to God and satisfied if you wear clothes. But anyhow, I'll leave that one alone. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Pastor. And, uh, Dr. Elizabeth, in her absence, uh, for the privilege of my wife, Linda, and I uh, being here today. You know, um, Pastor Perry was one of a very few pastors that I said these words to. If you ever need me to speak, even at the last minute, if I am available, I'll do it. And he called me one time in December at the end of the year. And I came because I believed in him and Barbara, Sister Barbara, and I still do. And, and I say the same to you, Pastor, you and Dr. Elizabeth. However, Linda and I can conserve you if I'm available and something happens and you need me to fill in, the, I'll do whatever I can. Thank you for letting me be able to be an usher on Wednesday evenings. I love it. I just so love it. Thank you. When I first moved to Sacramento over 20 years ago, I told the pastor I wanted to come to his church. And he, and he says, that'd be great. I said, yeah, but can I, can I be an usher? Oh, 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 no, no. You, you, you can't be an usher. Why is that? Well, you, you're the assistant district superintendent. I said, I'm also an ex-con, okay? So I just want to usher. That's all I want is to be the usher. And I came here and I had an argument with Miss Grace. Oh, you, no, no. I said, Grace, please. Oh, no, Dr. Sam. He was one of these. Oh, no, Dr. Sam, you can't be an usher. You just, you just. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Is Norma Vera here? Is Miss Vera here? Sister Vera, are you here? Are you here, Norma? There she is. I want y'all to look at this lady right here. Stay no, 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 no. Stay, stay, stay right there. See this lady right here. And I'm gonna tell you something about this lady right here. She has a son named Dan. Dan is one of our pastors. Dan is a dear, dear, dear friend. He's walked with me through some things. When Dan was was young, his mom would take his older sister to Missionettes, which is the uh, those of you that don't know, let's just say it's the Girl Scouts of the Simmies of God. <laughs> they came home one night, and Dan was singing the Missionette song. And his dad said, not so. Her husband, who is now home with the Lord, he became a leader with the Royal Rangers for over 25 years to make sure his son was raised up to be a man 
And I just, I just want you to know, I love your boy. Every mom likes to hear, you know, good stuff about their boy. I love your boy. We were together just a few days ago. And I just want you to know, he's a good man. He and Angie are wonderful people. You already know all this. And I bless you this morning. And I bless the memory of your husband. And I just thank God for the day you gave birth to Dan, for the enrichment he has brought into my life. God bless you, Sister Vera. Who's serving your tea? Who's serving your tea? Or where is your faith? You do know faith can be seen, especially you can tell a person's faith in a transition or when life changes or when life challenges them. What determines how we handle transitions is our faith. Life is filled with Transitions. They start when we're really young, middle school to high school, singleness to marriage, change of jobs, new relationships, children growing up, leaving home, church leadership changes, goes on and on and infinitum. But what carries us through life's transition is our faith. When transitions occur, it immediately shows others where, who, and what our faith is in. Every one of us in this room this morning has an element of faith. I'm going to prove it. How many of you, when you came in, looked underneath that chair to make sure that somebody hadn't sawed off some of those legs? <laughs> it's the chair. You're used to sitting in this chair. You've sat in these chairs before, and some of you in the same places before. God forbid if somebody would sit in your chair. But anyway, you, 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 didn't, you didn't check. Side, this is a total side note. I went to a service one Sunday morning in the Bay Area, a friend of mine's church. I had to go somewhere else, but I just wanted to stop and visit him. So I just came and sat in the back because I knew I couldn't stay for the whole service, and I sat down. And this gentleman came, and he just stood in front of me like this, looked at me like this. And I looked up, I said, this is your chair, isn't it? He goes, it is. <laughs> I got up, and I just moved one row behind him. Same. Somebody told the pastor I was there. The pastor came off the platform doing worship and he came all the way around in his robe and he started talking, Doc, come sit with me. I said, I can't because I got to leave. And he and I are talking. Now the guy in front of me is doing this. <laughs> pastor leaves. I'm still, I'm still sitting there. He gets up and turns around and goes, oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know the pastor knew you. I, I, I just didn't know who you were. I said, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to know who I am. I know who I am, okay? We all good. We're good. We're good. We all have a measure of faith. Let me describe to you. God's been taking me through a transition. Your pastors, really, they are uh, interesting people, to say the least. <laughs> My wife and I, Linda, love them dearly. We spent a couple of weeks with him on a missions trip with Convoy of Hope. At the end of the time together, I told him, I said, I wanted to spend some time with you and your wife because I wanted to see how you are off the stage. Let me tell you something. Take some real folks. That little Puerto Rican lady loves that black man. My God. She'd be all, I can show you pictures. She all underneath is all, I said, come on, sister, come on, girl. girl. <laughs> I came here 
Sunday when he was installed with the superintendent, secretary treasurer, and uh, he announced that his pastor, Dr. Remedios, would be here that evening. And, you know, we don't normally go to churches on Sunday evenings. I helped oversee over 450 churches in Northern California, Nevada. I also sit on a board, I'm on the national board of the Assemblies of God, and I helped oversee and bring leadership to our over 20,000 churches and 37,000 credential ministers. So, so basically, if I have some time to be home, I'm home. But he said his past was going to be here, and I told my wife, let's go. So we went. We wanted to come early. When we came in, people were already laid slain on the floor by the power of the Holy Spirit. So how many of you were there that, that, that night? Okay, lot, yeah, a lot of you were there. I'm a leader, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal movement, speaking tongues. I believe in miracles. But when I walked in, I was startled. I was not used to that sight in this sanctuary. And uh, I kind of sat over here. If, you're not, if you don't plan to stay long, don't sit on the front row. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of sat where I could, you know, exercise some of my Baptist upbringing at a certain point and just walk on out, you know. <laughs> I found out as an adult that when you do this, you disappear. Nobody can see you leaving. I didn't know that as a kid, see. <laughs> and I'm watching Dr. Remedios. This man's a brain surgeon, you understand? Brain surgeon. I didn't know all this. But I'm watching him because a brain surgeon is a dignified individual. But he wasn't dignified that night. He was on the pews because he couldn't just walk because people were laid out everywhere. He's praying over people. People are falling out. And I'm just sitting there watching this. My wife is enjoying all. She's enjoying it all. But 90 minutes into the service, I kind of intuitively went like this. I looked at my wife. I say, okay, baby, let's go. We're ready to go home. She says, go home for what? <laughs> I said, we've been here an hour and a half. You know, we send me to God people now. It's an hour and a half. It's, not it's, time, for us. it's time for to go home. And she just kind of looked at me real strange. And as I was trying to move out to go out, she just stood there and standing and enjoying the service, which was my clue that she wasn't going home. <laughs> I'll give you a seminar on that later, men. But anyway, you know. <laughs> and now I'm talking to God. I said, you know what, God? It's, it's, this is okay. I mean, every, they're all enjoying it. And the pastor and his wife and everybody's enjoying it. And I said, but this ain't my cup of tea. I'm literally telling God, sitting in this church, that is not my, this is not my cup of tea. And it was almost like as I'm having this conversation with God, he says, it's, it's probably because you're not the one serving the tea. You see, I like controlled Pentecost and told God sitting right there, see, God, here's the problem. This is not controlled Pentecost. See, God, when I, the little church I grew up in, they just put a little cross on your head, a little dab of do you, and you just worship the Lord. You know, but this is crazy, God. I mean, you know, there was a big guy right here. He's getting ready to pray over him. I was standing kind of behind him like this, and he, he started coming up. This guy was big, and he came over and stood in front of him, and I just kind of, I ain't catching this dude, man. <laughs> 
then there was a little guy standing behind him like he was going to catch him if he fell out. And I looked at him and I said, buddy, I'm going to tell you something. You try to catch him, you're going to be like a cartoon. They're going to be just peeling you up off the ground. And they brought some chairs over and Dr. Remedios prayed for me and he went out on the power as well. He was doing like this in my section. Dr. Remedios, he was doing like this. And I started doing like this. <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> I shouldn't be telling you all this. <laughs> I was at a meeting one time. I went up for prayer and everybody was getting prayed. Everybody got prayed for, fell out. I got on my knees. <laughs> it looked spiritual, but it wasn't. Because I said, if I fall out, I'm going sideways. I don't trust nobody to catch me. My wife raised Church of God in Christ, and she said, if God knock you down, he'll catch you. I said, I hear you, baby, but I'm going to do my best to just, you know, it's called a dignified fall. All that, oh, no, see, I ain't in that, ain't in that, ain't in that, ain't in that. I prayed over two people and sat down. Stay up here too long, you might, <laughs> might fall out. You know, I told you. As I was driving home, I realized God was wanting to do something in me, and I was resisting. I realized God was wanting to do something deep. He wanted from me something that I wasn't ready to give. He wanted me to say yes. I wanted to know what I was saying yes to. His response was, and so did Abraham when I told him to do something. And all of his children since. He said, trust me, you'll like it. I said, like what? You'll like more of me. Yeah, but can't I just get it in a Bible study? <laughs> Are you fast, God? The Lord began to speak to my heart. You've become satisfied. You've become content where you are. Spirit says, I have more if you will put your trust in me. Not your training, not your title, not your education, your personal likes or dislikes. My life has not been the same since that night. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I simply had to say yes. I used to say it real readily. Yes, yes, yes. And then I noticed I got a bachelor's degree and it was yes. Then a master's degree. Okay. Then a doctorate degree. Where are we going? <laughs> Hebrews 11 one says the following. Now faith is confidence in what we have hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This, 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 this. This is what the ancients were commended for. I declare to you today that real faith can be seen. Bible goes on to say, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Faith can be seen. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. Faith can be seen. By faith, Noah one warned about things not yet seen in holy fear. Therein lies the problem. We, we don't fear God anymore. I was 19 years old and told my daddy, I felt God called me to ministry. My daddy looked at me and said, boy, if you're playing with God, he'll kill you. I've never forgotten that. I don't think God's my, my cute little buddy. 
that I just snap my finger and he does things for me. I really believe if I start disobeying God and trying to live any old kind of life, I still believe what my father said and he's been deceased 12 years, but I believe his word. I believe God will kill me. And I wish a whole lot of other preachers had heard what my father said. When warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, he built an ark. What's an ark? You just get some wood. I'll, I'll give it to you a little bit at a time. Faith can be seen. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would, he would later receive as his inheritance, he went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, be, be, uh, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. We see the results of her faith. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They were saying, I still want more. I find myself praying, saying, God, I want the last words on my lips to be, God, I still want more. I, I know you and, and you've done some credible things in my life, but I still want more. You see, they long for a better country, a heavenly one. Have you settled in your relationship with God? Or are you still hungering and thirsting after God? He says that if you hunger and thirst after him, you'll be satisfied. Bishop E.E. Cleveland was a very famous preacher with the Church of God in Christ. He said something like this. He used to say, if you don't see it, before you see it, you ain't never going to see it. If you don't see it, before you see it, if you don't see it, before you see it, he says, you ain't never going to see it. I want to show you a few pictures. Sit down. Before I do, I just want to say thank you to Terry Sewell, some members of this church, Kevin San, Sandino, Randy Sakuda, and uh, Arulette. They, they went on a mission trip with me last August, went to Africa. For the right price, I'll show you some videos of Pastor Randy dancing. <laughs> Here's my confession. I can't play basketball. I, they're my gift. Here's my other confession. Pastor Randy ain't got no rhythm. <laughs> but he's not afraid. I just want to thank you guys. I have a, come see me after. I, I just want to give you a list, a little something for me. It's nothing special. Put it somewhere. I want to thank you for traveling with me. I'm going to tell some of you something. Some of you are saying, I just want to go on a mission trip, but I don't have the money. Years ago, we took a group to on a mission trip overseas. When we got back, one of the guys in my church, he comes up and he looks at me and he says, I'm going on the next mission trip. I said, okay, why do you say that? And he pointed at a single mom and he said, I thought it took money. He says, I know she doesn't have any money and she went on the trip. You were asking us who has enough faith to go on a mission trip. I didn't hear you until I saw her get on the plane, but I'm going on the next one. When you're challenged to go on a mission trip, it's all about faith. You got to see yourself getting on that plane. You got to see yourself getting off that plane. You got to see yourself talking to people you've never talked to. You got to see all those things because if you don't see it before you see it, you ain't never going to see it. Now watch this picture coming up. I took this picture. I took this picture in the country of uh, Ghana. And I'm sitting under a tree and a friend of mine says, 
Look to your right. And I looked to my right, and there was that boy. Some of you are raised in the country. Why does he have a rag with that bucket? What is that going to do? See, that bucket's going to be full of water. And he wants that rag to keep that hand off him, cutting off his blood circulation. Somebody came to this church, to the village he was in, and this is what they said. By the time the sun goes down today, we're going to have a well in this village. We're going to have fresh water. They've been promised before. But for whatever reason, someone said something to that little boy, and he believed them, and he shows up with a bucket. With a bu- that little boy has spoken to me so many times since then. He shows up with a bucket. This is what he sees. This is the next picture. That's what he's looking. That's what he sees. That's not what's in front of him. He sees that as he's standing there with a bucket, but what's in front of him is the next picture. That's what he's looking at. He's looking at dust. He's looking at dust holding a bucket. Now, I don't know what your definition of faith is, but that little boy holding a bucket, looking at dust is mine. The boy wasn't distracted by the dust. Here's my question. What are you distracted by? To the degree that it has logged your, fogged your sight of the eternal. Whose tea are you drinking? What is, what is your dust that Satan is using to keep you from seeing your God-given bold goal? What have you lost sight of because of a transition in your life that you don't even like? That night in the service, the, my dust was looking at all these people laying on the carpet because it just wasn't my cup of tea. And God, I could almost hear him saying, and do you really think I care? (laughs) My wife was enjoying the service. I'm battling with God. I'm losing sight of the city whose builder and maker is God. But we kept coming and we keep coming to this church. Wednesday evening, we, listen, I've told you what I do. Sometimes I don't get home till a few minutes after five and my wife knows if I sit down, it's over. It's done. And I look at her, walk in the door, and I say, honey, are we going to prayer? She'll, I don't care what she's doing. She jumps up, yes, because if she, if she even fudges a little bit, I'm on the couch, and it's over. <laughs> and we drive over here. I told Linda, um, here's a picture of this lady. Look at this lady right here. She reminded me, Kendra. I think her name is Kendra. And... Um, I saw her up here one night on a Wednesday night with her, little, with her little daughter and it reminded me of my dad taking me and my six brothers and sisters to church and he was a single dad working two jobs for 10 years to make sure we all stayed together and I know she's not a single mom but that picture reminded me of that look at that that's on a Wednesday night she has a job I think this week I saw her again I think she just came from work. And I'm just, I'm looking at this. And as I'm, we leave to go home, I tell you these words of Linda, I'm starting to recognize these people by their voices in prayer. I, I know who that, oh, I know that. She's going to come up. And, and, and when Anna comes up, I just sit there and hold on my seat like this. Because <laughs> she always comes up. Anna, I don't even know if Anna's here. She can rebuke me later and she just stands right around here and, and she kind of starts off like this and, and but when she, it's, like a, it's like an engine she goes like this and when she gets about right here she's telling God 
she's moving around I recognize people by the voices and the prayers they're praying on Wednesday night and as I'm going home I told Linda I said I felt like the Lord said and so am I I'm recognizing them by the voices I'd like to recognize some more I came through those doors one Wednesday night and I don't know what had happened that day but it was quite a load and I'm telling you I'm not a mystical person when I walked through those doors whatever that load was it was lifted because I was in the house of the Lord with some people that I know going to pray. Another brother came up the other night. He had a word from the Lord. I love the way the pastors do it. They don't try to do this professional thing because they're, they're the pastors. They'll say, we need somebody to pray for what's going on in Morocco. And somebody will come up and they'll start praying. Fearless. And I just sit there just smiling and laughing and, and enjoying. And, and when, we're, when I'm not on the road or taking care of church business, we try to be here on, even on Sunday nights because now all of a sudden, I've been to a couple of those four-hour services. <laughs> that first night, Pastor John comes up and goes, Dr. Sam, can you believe it's been four hours? And I wanted to yell back, no, I can't believe it's been four hours. And I just, you know, very professional. Oh, yeah, praise God, hallelujah. Honey, can we go home now? You see, I'm glad uh, my father, he never lost sight of what God showed him when I was run over by a car. It was just dust. But when I was a teenager and I got a little crazy, he was not distracted by the dust because he somehow could see through the... My grandmama had a saying, she said, I can see through muddy water and spot dry land. My daddy had a way of looking at our dust that we were stirring up as teenagers and he saw the other side you, and my daddy's faith is alive you want to know and he's been gone for 12 years you know how I know his faith is alive because I'm standing up here this morning talking to you that's faith that is true unadulterated faith what's your dust or temporary distraction what prevents you from seeing what has stopped you from wanting more of God what has happened to you? What has hurt you? What is it? Where's your faith? Who's serving you tea? What, whose tea are you drinking? Your empty soul knows the answer. But I want to leave you with this. Life can be so unpredictable. Joys and sorrows, beautiful blessings and dis distressing difficulties can come unexpectedly. Our life's dreams and plans can change in an instant. We all know this can be true, that Lady, I had Stan. She's buried her husband, and prior to that, she buried her young granddaughter. And she just keeps on loving Jesus. She likes all these crazy services, but you know, she, she knows something about God I don't know. I'm trying to find out. Our life's dreams and plans can change. And so we all know this to be true. So how can we find peace amid such turbulence? Horatio Spafford knew something about life's unexpected challenges. He was a successful attorney and a real estate investor who lost, for, he lost a fortune in the great Chicago fire of 1871. Around the same time, his beloved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. 
However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk. More than 200 people lost their lives, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, arrived, survived, she, she survived the tragedy. Upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that began, saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. As Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind. He wrote them down, and they have since become a well-beloved hymn. Peace like a river. Attentive my way. With sorrows like sea billows row. Whatever my lot, he's looking at the water. His daughters are down at the bottom. Whatever my lot, Thou has taught me to know it is well. It is well with my soul. Your pastor stood up here and he said, what you're going through is not to defeat you. Sometimes what we go through is a blessing for other people, but we just got to have persevere and go through it. The changes God wants to take us through. He wants to help us to grow, try to, to, to get out of a, complac- a place of complacency. This man lost four daughters and a son, and he wrote a song that we sang in our church. I learned this song as a little boy. It is well, it is well with my soul. On my desk at home, there's a cross, and on the cross it says, it is well with my soul. If my whole world is falling to pieces, it is well with my soul. Perhaps we cannot always say that everything is well in all aspects of our lives. There will always be storms to face, and sometimes there will be tragedies, decisions made that may seem confusing. Our view is clouded by dust, but with faith. With faith in a loving God and with trust in his divine help, we can confidently stay focused on the city and say it is well it is well with my soul thank you for listening to our sermon podcast we pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit We believe that the Word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.